When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily. Available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. We got a lot of eyes on Kurt. You know, you got Clint in there, you got me in there, you got Kevin who's coach quarterbacks and Rick Dennison who's coach quarterbacks. And I think as as coaches, you're always trying to find out what your guy does best, how you help him play at his his best. So uh, you know, making quick decisions, getting rid of the football in this league, you know, you just can't you can't talk about that enough because it's a game where if you hold the ball, bad things happen. So you know, we just tried to put a big point emphasis on that, and, and the way Kevin has called games, I, I think, has been the most important thing with uh, how Kurt's been able to translate that to Sundays. That's Gary Kubiak. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. If the voice didn't give it away, you can uh, stream us live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook at Score North and you will see quite clearly I am not Matthew Collar. I am not tall, blonde, skinny, and blue-eyed. I am short, portly, and uh, brunette with brown eyes. I am the exact opposite of Matthew Collar, but we do have Sage Rosenfels, our journeyman QB here at Score North alongside for the hour. Sage, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, historic day in America. The Vikings coming off that huge 1-100 in win on Sunday. Historic so. day in America? Well, week, you know that that okay. well, one in a hundred. It was one in a hundred that uh, that comeback. So we should still so be I'm, celebrating that today. Is this I, a, I think so. A that was a long, big deal. A week long we, national holiday. Yeah, I tell you what, we've been waiting for the the Kirk Cousins to like lead us to the promised land in a big game uh, where they're down and. It happened. Okay. So I'm, I'm you, super excited about you it. You bring up two things that I, I've talked about with Collar and others. I had some things scheduled. We'll get to those, though. But you bring up two things that, that, that I think are interesting. One is that Collar, among others, would try to poo-poo that win, dismiss it, because it's a bad football team in the Denver Broncos. I feel the same way that you do, that you're the first team to do it in a hundred tries. There have got to be bigger underdogs who had bigger leads against better teams than the Minnesota Vikings in the past who held on to those leads over the course of those hundred games. That's impressive no matter who you did it against, and I think that's a good Denver defense that you did do it against, Sage. It, it, it was, and, and the nice thing about it was, you know, I, I think what's... You could probably what Collar would maybe do, as you would say, to try to maybe chill the enthusiasm a little bit, is say, you know what, they basically scored three touchdowns in the second half. You know, if they just basically executed better, and and you know the defense uh, let a couple guys open deep, which is bad defense, and which is true. And and you know, Kirk did a really nice job, but he didn't have to do anything amazing. I mean, you know, the things that we've seen over the years from other quarterbacks, amazing play of you know Rogers, you know, double hail mary right. to win that one or you know bring that game to play. 
playoffs or, you know, things like that, right? Miracle type things. And Kirk didn't do that, but what he did was execute a really high level in this offense, executed uh, at a really high level when it had to, when it had to sort of be perfect. And that, I think, is very exciting to go, you know what? Uh, when when things are hitting on all cylinders, and, and maybe it doesn't always happen for a half, but uh, you know against that same defense, and they come out and, and get those little details, and they do hit those things. I mean, Kirk can you know be super accurate deep down the field, uh, and uh, and he's mobile enough, and this offense is just good enough. They've got a lot of really. I mean, we're, they're missing their number one wide receiver, number 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 one, number two, you know, with Thielen, and and yet boom to do that. Uh, that says a lot about the other guys as well. Is is it's, that makes this thing you know interesting as we go down this playoff run here, uh, you know, coming uh, December coming up. And the other thing that you brought up, which I, I've discussed with others, I think I brought this up with you when you joined us on Mackie and Judd with Rami, and you do that every uh, Thursday at about 4.20 on that show, which is that I, a lot of people were saying, hey, Kirk finally did it. Kirk finally pulled off the fourth quarter comeback. And I said basically that game, and people say I'm being a Kirk hater when I say this, but I'll give you the flip side of it too, Sage. That game proved to me what I've said about Kirk Cousins all along, which is that he is exactly as good as what is going on around him. And in the first half, a lot of things were going wrong around him, and Kirk Cousins didn't look great. Second half, things started going better around him, and Kirk Cousins looked a whole lot better. So I don't give him a ton of credit. He deserves his share of the credit for that comeback win on Sunday. And like I said, I was impressed by the Vikings being able to pull that off. But I also don't give him the blame in a game like what we saw in Kansas City, where Everything went wrong around him for four quarters, and he couldn't do quite enough to overcome that. I'm not. Well, well I, the, listen. There's some quarterbacks out there who can sometimes make up for, uh, you know, missed blocks and, and a lack of execution by fellow teammates, right. and and that's how you say a quarterback makes his team better. You know, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, obviously Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, the thing he does, Deshaun Watson, even like Carson Wentz and Matt, Matt Stafford, and, and those types of guys, Kyler Murray. Those guys can make things happen. Uh, when the pocket breaks down. Kurt is just not great at that. Occasionally he does, but more often than not, plays over and hopefully doesn't fumble. We move on, we punt, it mm-hmm. seems like, most of the time. Which, to me, goes to show of, uh, as I came onto the show here at 2 o'clock, you had Gary Kubiak's words. And, man, that brought me back. Brought me back because I, I listened to that guy talk for three years. And I hope that, I wish that he could be, uh, uh, you know, in more press conferences or more, uh, uh, you know, times he gets interviewed because I think uh, p- people who love the Vikings can see why Mike Zimmer would you know speak so highly of him just a week ago. Said he's the greatest thing that's happened to him in his football life. Yeah, and you listen to that guy or in and, his you know, life. I think he's, um, he's he's I don't know. There's just something about it that uh, the way he talks and the way he coaches and the way he thinks and and what I always believed in that offense, his style of offense, and since he was a backup quarterback himself. Uh, for most of his career, that, you know, as a, as a play caller, as an offensive coordinator, you want to make the job as easy as possible for your quarterback. It's a hard mm-hmm. position. The, it's a position that has to make all these decisions. They get the ball pretty much in every play. They, there's, you know, a lot of bad things can happen in football. And so it's, it's a super important position. And I think what Gary's belief is, is how can we make it as easy as possible for any quarterback, even the best ones, I th- you know you're seeing that with sort of Aaron Rodgers now, sort of going back to a more traditional under center in Green Bay. Like, let's make it easier on Aaron and not try to put the weight of the whole world 
on his back to like carry us in these shootouts all the time. And I think what they do with, with Kirk is that they try to make the game sort of easier for him. And when things are executed, man, he is extremely accurate. He doesn't miss very often. He has a big arm. Um, he obviously can sort of manage the game from you know be, being smart enough to know what's going on and the checks and the audibles and all those types of things. But he's not a playmaker. He's an executor. And and when the other guys are executing, man, he can re, he really shows uh, how how good he can be if the pieces around him are all working in, in in good order. And and when they're not, we you know we sort of see the worst of Kirk Cousins, and that's sort of the. I feel about the, the the dichotomy of the uh, of him or, or what uh, the conversation about him for you know pretty much since he's been in the NFL. And the funny thing about my my Kirk Cousins take, Sage, is that after the Chiefs game, I'm I'm getting accused of being a Kirk defender, a Kirk lover, and then after this past game on Sunday, I'm getting accused of being a Kirk hater and not wanting to give him any credit. I feel like when I say what I say about Kirk Cousins, it's literally the coldest most neutral take a sports talk radio can have in Minneapolis about Kirk Cousins. I don't get why it draws such criticism from, from both sides of the aisle, so to speak, when well, we I have will that say conversation. This. Yeah, I will say this. When the pieces around him are executing at a high level, man, uh, he, he's a really good quarterback yeah. and, uh, and a lot of fun to watch. And I think you know, uh, if you want to go back to you know, the decision to give him the big contract, uh, I think the decision to bring in Gary Kubiak, uh, and that obviously, and, and you're seeing what I also love is you see Gary's respect for Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talked about the play caller, the guy who was calling these plays to put his quarterback in a good position because you know, if, if the quarterback is successful, the offense is successful. And Kevin Stefanski has done an excellent job for the most part this year uh, of that, and, and I think that should be noted because that's not an easy job to try to be sort of perfect and realize, like, you know, if we, we screw up one time, we get one sack, we get when one guy misses or whatever, you know, we, 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 they don't do a good job of coming back on, uh, from second and 17s or, or third and 12s. That's, that's just a really bad place for them to be in. But, you know, other guys in the league, guys like Russell Wilson and, and uh, you know, Pat Mahomes, those types of guys, like, hey, we, you know, we got a decent chance of making something happen because those guys have such athletic ability to buy time and, and possibly work something down the field. It's Purple Daily here on Score North. Rami Makhlouf in the TCL Broadcast Studios along with Sage Rosenfels. Uh, there's an article up at, since we're talking about quarterback play, and that is your area of expertise, Sage, at SI.com about a possible drought in quarterbacks about to hit the NFL. And I'll spare you all the machinations and details of how we got to this point. We know how we got to this point. Injuries, retirements, etc. over the last few years to some big-name quarterbacks. But I'll get to the meat of the article where they say, I count nine teams, Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Titans, Bears, Panthers, Buccaneers, who could be in need of premium starting quarterback talent next year. And uh, they compare that to... Uh, by they say by 2020 you'll have at least nine vacancies. Compare that to the start of 2018, when in their eyes nearly every team's quarterback situation seemed settled. Are we headed for, or are we in the midst of a quarterback drought? And if so, how did we get there, Sage? Um, that's a really good question. I really Thank thought you. about that. I have not like uh, I'm not like a commodities trader, so I'm not looking at futures and all these types <laughs> of things you know, down the road. 2022. You know, I, I got this list of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league uh, sitting in front of me, and I, as I go down it, you know, the fact that Tom Brady is at 15 and Jacoby Brissett's at 16. That makes me feel really good because I think those guys are good players. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but yet, as you get to that sort of second half of that list, uh, the thing that really sticks out at me 
Teddy Bridgewater is going to get a huge contract. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the deal. Is that if Teddy, uh, you know, Breeze stays healthy and Teddy's uh, sort of proven that he can be a winner, he's going to get a huge contract. We'll, we'll see what that what that number is. But you know, I don't know. I, I think there's always your half dozen at the bottom, uh, somewhere between you know five and ten teams, or sort of at least feeling that they should they'd like to upgrade. You know, uh, I think everyone knows there's a difference between uh, you know twenty five and ten. And you'd like to be in that top 10, even top 15. I, I sort of always had this belief of if you have one of the top half quarterbacks in the league, you've got a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, if you don't, it's going to be one of those rare situations like those, uh, you know, the, the Dilfer and, and uh, the Ravens or, you know, one of those things where the quarterback wasn't great and they won a Super Bowl. Uh, they usually are. So it's, it's a constant journey to try to find them. I, I, I do think this, the success level, of uh, 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 guys like, um, um, let, me, let me look here, Guard Minshew, uh, mm-hmm. of that, that air raid offense, um, and, uh, and and obviously the kid at Arizona, I'm, I'm Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah. All right, those guys. I mean, Kyler Murray, you know, five years ago or ten years ago, no one would, a guy that's 5'9 or 5'10, no chance he's going to be in the NFL. Maybe he can play something else, you know. Yeah. Uh, I do think now that, Teams are going to go, hey, there are other ways to win. Lamar Jackson is not a great thrower. He's becoming a better thrower for sure, but he's so electric, and there are guys in college football, and I think the NFL is going to start looking to those guys, and we're going to find some teams that have untraditional uh, good quarterback you know, style play, winning quarterback style play. That's not always great thrower, and I think we're seeing that uh, with some of the teams who have good, decent runners. And so maybe some of these, you know, would you say nine guys or whatever who nine teams looking to possibly upgrade on on a quarterback for for various reasons? Maybe they start going that route of untraditional uh, and see if it works. Do you think defenses are are catching up to offenses in this league, or is it just the the rapid succession of guys in the last few years who have retired or been injured and and therefore are not playing in the game today? Well, yeah, there are these sort of older guys who have been playing for a long time. You know, Eli, the 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 big three of Rivers and Eli and Roethlisberger, uh, Tom Brady's in there, Breeze is in there. I mean, it's I think also just players have played for a really long time, and that's sort of a I think a newer thing than before. And just for whatever reason, this specific sort of age group of about a five year stretch there, there are guys who have just lasted a really long time, and I think it's just a credit to them. Those are just great players, and they're also built to last. Other than Drew Brees, they're pretty big guys, and and you can play you know sometimes a long time in this league if you can take the hits. And those guys have all obviously been super successful and great throwers of the football. But uh, you know at some point age will catch up to you, and and those guys will have to be replaced. And and I, I think I do. I'm looking forward to a league that has various styles of sort of playmaking quarterbacks because it's fun to watch guys uh, who make things interesting. Kyler Murray definitely, uh, you know, I pay good money to watch him, uh, you know, play quarterback for, for my football team. So it sounds like you think it's just a matter of time before the, the void, so to speak, is filled if there is one in quarterback play right now. Is that an overreaction to say that we're headed for a quarterback drought in the NFL like this article says? I think well, I can see there. It's you know, it's always sort of a roller coaster. It's like coaching the coaching carousel. Sometimes it's like three guys get fired, and sometimes it feels like it's eight or ten guys get fired. Right? So it doesn't, you know, I don't know. It's hard to predict the future. Brady says he might play for four more years. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows how Drew Brees, uh, how long he wants to play for? So uh, yeah, I think you just don't know. There's usually guys like Gardner Minshew who uh, end up, you know, like that's the type of guy who could end up being starter uh, for some other football team, or you know, Mason Rudolph. Maybe he gets a little bit better. 
I, you know, I, you have no idea, but I think there's always an ebb and flow, and there's always teams looking to upgrade. It seems like there's about five to ten teams every year that you know wish they had a better quarterback. And you know, the Vikings, you could have that weird conversation of like, well, uh, you know, what do they do with Kirk? He's going to have one more year left on his deal. That's yeah. that gets us to that that whole part of you know. Uh, after that, uh, was it the second game of the season, uh, the, the Packer game? You're like, man, what is like, what do the Vikings do now? Because this is, you know, we've been through, uh, you know, 18 games of this, and it's not, uh, it's not looking like this is a good investment. But then, you know, fast forward. Ten weeks later, and and things are looking pretty dang good. So we'll, we'll you know we'll see what happens in that situation. Because that is always the thing you have to look at, regardless of what you're talking about, whether it's going and finding a new job or breaking up with your girlfriend. You have to ask yourself, what are my options if I get out of this current situation? And man, I would not have said that. I would not have looking to upgrade. <laughs> she knows I'm a comedian. She's cool with it. But I, but that really is something that you have to consider because I know most Vikings. Fans up until the last five or six weeks, they they look at twenty eight million dollars and a guy who's probably not going to want to take a pay cut because that's not the way the NFL works. And and you go, I don't know if I want to get in to Kirk Cousins for twenty eight million a year or more for another two or three years. But then you look around at the options and you go, I don't, I don't, maybe maybe that is a good deal when you look at what what the other choices are around the league. I, I will say this, I. I think after the season, the Vikings need to look at, you know, do they want to draft somebody? Like, do, even if they want Kirk, obviously, for, for next year, which I would assume they would mm-hmm. at this rate, and maybe even do an extension with him. But, you know, do they have an interest if the right player falls to them and they think they can, you know, that that player can be productive in this offense and be sort of the guy of the future and maybe even an upgrade, you know, maybe be more athletic that actually fits the offense a little bit better uh, you know, because of more athleticism that, you know, is, is that player available? And, and will they you know, be in those situations where they draft somebody and even though they, you know, they, they, they're happy with the quarterback situation, but, you know, why not uh, start to get a guy ready for the future, even if you, again, had to, you know, sign, you know, add another year onto Kirk's contract or something like that and, and have that guy sit for two years. I think there's going to be some interesting options. And either way, uh, it's nice that Kirk is playing so well uh, and uh, and making that contract uh, you know much easier to swallow. You brought up Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater in that same situation a couple of times. And and speaking of options, there, do you see decline in Drew Brees? And do you think that if the Saints see decline in Drew Brees and they see the end is near for him, maybe another year or two of productive quarterback play out of Brees, that maybe they just start on the future and say it's been real, Drew Brees, and and move on and keep Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback, or do you think that's that's maybe too much of a reach? You know, I I got to think uh, that Drew and the team, it won't be one of those situations where if they decide they would like to move on, I think they'd, they'd all be honest with each other. I would assume that they'd be probably pretty fine with Drew coming back. Uh, I think he still plays at a, at a, a good level and a, a level where you can win championships. He's got all that experience. He just doesn't have that big arm as you get older. Uh, his not his arm's not getting any stronger. He never had arm ar- a, a strong arm in the first place. And so, um, you know, if they can find someone that they think is better, is it Teddy Bridgewater, who I believe is a free agent after he the is. year? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they'd have to you know give up uh, a big number to him. So, I think they're just going to have to have a an honest conversation. And I can see Drew if he feels like he this is this is it for him. Um, I, I can see him being you know fine if that's what the you know the, what's whatever's best for the team. He is a truly like what's whatever whatever is best for the team. I feel like you know a uh, type of player. So 
Um, you know, I guess we'll see. I, I haven't thought much about, about it too much, being that I, what I believe and what I saw a couple of years ago with the Minneapolis Miracle was that, uh, you know, he has a really good, young, pretty young football team. And I think I always thought that would probably motivate him to play, you know, two, three, four years more, uh, because you know this is a, a window that the Saints, you know, probably in my opinion, the most uh, athletic and talented Saints team that he's probably had since he's been there. But you're not going to pay two starting quarterback salaries, right? So they're going to be faced no. with the decision of do we want to keep Teddy Bridgewater or do we want to ride this out with Drew Brees at the end of the season? That's what they're facing at this point, right? Yeah, they are facing that. And again, I, I, you know, I haven't watched the Saints enough. Uh, and watched Breeze enough after he obviously got hurt and, and missed that, whatever it was, a month or so. Um, and so, you know, but my guess is that you, he's, they still think pretty highly of him as a quarterback. I know the first game he came back, he threw the ball like 45 times and for three touchdowns and a and a really nice win. So uh, I think he's got some left in the tank. He stays in incredible shape. Uh, I don't think there's a quarterback out there who might be in better shape uh, other than maybe Lamar Jackson or something or, you know, Deshaun Watson, the way those guys run around. But Drew keeps himself in great shape. Uh, for a guy who's 40 years old and I think can play for a couple more years if he so chooses to. Sometimes you see a guy like Drew Brees, at least I do, and this is probably the worst in me coming out and just jealousy and whatever else, whatever other bad qualities I have, Sage, but you look at him and you go, is that guy really real? Like, cause, like he, seems, he seems too perfect. He always says and does the right thing. Like you said, he seems like the ultimate team player and whatever is best for the team and a great leader. He does the rah-rah speeches and gets the whole huddle going before the game. But you're saying that that's, that's real, that that's, no, that's really well, who that yeah, dude is. That guy, you know, I mean, he is authentic. He... Uh, I think players, he, he is so driven himself and he has such a high, um, sort of, a, uh, he has a high level of expecting himself to be at the highest, highest levels. And I think everyone just sort of raises their level to try to match, you know, Breeze. He's very serious when it comes to sort of being on the field and, but also he has a sort of lighter side of him that, you know, people seem to enjoy. Uh, he sort of has the, he's got, a, he's had a good thing going. And, uh, I, I remember talking to Marquise Tuyasa Sopo. Remember that name? He was well a second pronounced. round draft. Well, well pronounced. Marquise Tuyasa Sopo. Well he was a again. second round pick my year, 2001, and they played in the uh, Rose Bowl together. And, uh, you know, Breeze is coming off, uh, uh, you know, a career at, at Purdue, uh, not at really a football school at that time. And now they're in the Rose Bowl. And Breeze got hurt. Uh, it was sometime around halftime or whatever. And to, I think that Washington was, was behind, but they were coming back or they maybe they took the lead. And Tuyasa Sopo told me this story. I, I don't know if it was at the combine or, or where it was. And he said, when, when Drew came back out of the huddle and the whole crowd cheered and he sort of jogged out and like looked like he was going to play or start warming up. He's like, I knew at that, a lot of people knew at that moment we were probably going to lose. <laughs> like there's just something magnetic about him. And, uh, uh, and I don't know, that's one of those things. How do you describe that? Right? How do you see that at the combine? How do you see at these, these private workouts or interviews that whatever that is, uh, you know, Breeze has it and, and a lot of his grit and hard work and dedication and, and, uh, and the ability for, you know, said that those authentic moments for guys who really trust him, that, t- that stuff takes a lot of time and, and, uh, you know, players seem to always love playing with them. That's Sage Rosenfeld, score North's journeyman QB. I'm Rami Makloff in for Matthew Collar. It's Purple Daily. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. Yes, the Vikings are off this weekend. But there are things to watch for. We'll ask Sage what he'll be looking for in uh, Seattle's game this weekend. A scouting report from Sage Rosenfels and Purple Daily Returns on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.